0: Hi there, welcome to the NeuroDivergent Magic Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Griffith, and I am so excited to have you here. On this podcast, we talk about all forms of neurodivergence from ADHD to learning disorders to giftedness to autism and more. If any of that sounds familiar, welcome to NeuroDivergent Magic. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome back to another episode of Neurodivergent Magic. I am super excited to bring you this interview today. Today, we are talking to Karen McClure. Uh, She is a professional coach for women over 40 to help women feel more fulfilled in their lives. And she has got some serious gems to deliver for any neurodivergent women out there who feel trapped in the wrong job. So let's dive on into it. Hi there, Karen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am also I'm So glad doing great. to be here. Yes, I'm so <laughs> glad to have you here. So why don't you tell our listeners for people who don't know you, tell them a little bit about what you do and where they can find you.
1: Yeah, so I am an ex lawyer turned life coach, and I work with professional women in their 40s and up. And these are women who maybe have been in a career or in some kind of relationship or have done something that they are looking to change. And so, what I do is I coach them on how they can make those changes in their life.
0: That is amazing. Um, Where can people follow you on social media if they're interested?
1: The easiest place to find me is on Instagram and I'm at the Karen McClure. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so I wanted to have you on the podcast
0: because I think a lot of neurodivergent women relate to your story, to what you were saying just now about ending up in the wrong career or ending up in a job that doesn't feel fulfilling. I think a lot of neurodivergent women, we grow up, um, trying to fit in, trying to be neurotypical. And so sometimes we end up in a career that isn't actually all that fulfilling for us. Do you notice, have you noticed, um, neurodivergent women joining, uh, like following you and stuff like that, or have you not noticed?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's so common that people who fall into the category of neurodivergent can find themselves having to make choices where they're trying to make other people happy or where they're just trying to fit in, in a way that may not feel to them. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about um how women usually come to you how do they find you what is that turning point that they experience where they realize this is not for me <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so i think that a lot of people are out there looking for something different and they may not know exactly what that is so a lot of the time people are looking to find what is my passion what is my purpose um things like that But also just, you know, I'm not happy in my career. What can I do to make myself happier in the thing that I do every single day? You know, because so many women find themselves in this position where we were sort of sold this bill of gold, sold this bill of goods, right? Where, you know, you're gonna go to college and get a degree and have a job. And that's what you're going to do forever. And it's, you know, you're supposed to make that choice when you're younger. Well, as your life goes on, you find yourself maybe at a point where you don't want to do what you thought you wanted to do in your teen or 20, or for various reasons, that's not it for you anymore. You know, people have changes in their life circumstances, or in the case of, somebody who's neurodivergent, you know, again, maybe they decided that that was something they wanted to do because that was what they were told they should do. And so they're looking for someone or something to help them find a way to be more fulfilled and satisfied in what they do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I also think it's probably a pretty common issue amongst neurodivergent women where Uh, We start a job and we love that job. We're super like interested and focused. And then we get really good at that job um, and we've sort of mastered everything and it gets boring (laughs) and we're
1: ready to move on. Oh yeah, for sure. And, And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that a lot of the time, People don't realize how normal it is for that to happen, but, um, it, it is, it's, it's completely, I mean, you were surprised at how many people that happens to.
0: Mm-hmm. I think a lot of neurodivergent folks or just, you know, people in general avoid admitting that. Cause it's weird to say like, I'm bored at my job. Like, I feel like we don't hear that very often, but I think that it's true <laughs> for a shocking number of people and it's okay to admit it
1: hmm yeah yeah um yeah yeah oh, go ahead. that happens a lot more often than people are admitting to and you know in the world that we live in with social media and everybody's trying to put on such a happy face all the time nobody wants to be that person who says i'm bored at work <laughs> or i'm unhappy with what i do but there are so many women out there in that position
0: Absolutely. What is like the first thing that you recommend people do if like, let's say I just now realized, oh crap, this job is not right for me. Or at least the way it is right now is not working for me. Like what's that
1: first piece of advice you give women who are freaking out? I actually think that that is a really good first step right there is to just the realization that this is not right for me. And that's hard for a lot of people just to come to that. So, I mean, just to be able to embody that and say that out loud or even, you know, in a journal or whatever, I think that's a really good first step. And then, you know, you're going into the research phase. So anytime you want to make any kind of change, the very first thing that you're going to do is research. Um, And you know, that can lead you down a lot of pathways, whether you're looking to find other options or a personality test or a coach or whatever, that's sort of the first thing that you need to do is research.
0: hmm Yeah. And I think the research phase can be really fun for a lot of people. I mean, also very stressful depending, um, but depending on your particular situation, but I think especially for neurodivergent folks, like we tend to be very researchy people. Like at least I know I am like when I get hooked on something, I could research it for weeks on end. (laughs) Yes. Um, I think it's, it can potentially be easy to get stuck in the research phase where you're just constantly looking up different avenues different options so what do, have you experienced that with the people that you've worked with uh do you have advice for how to get out of that
1: Yes, absolutely. And that was the next thing that I wanted to say is that it is so easy to get stuck in that analysis paralysis where you're just kind of spinning around in circles and you're looking at all the different, you know, I could do this, I could do this, different things you could try. And that's where somebody like me would come in to sort of talk you through the process and to help you to not only narrow it down, but set deadlines and figure out how to bake how to make decisions that are best for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's say someone's listening and they're like, oh my gosh, they are describing me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and they're thinking, I want to work with this person. What exactly do you offer? Like, how do people work with you? What does that look like?
1: Well, I have a coaching program that I am launching this month. It is called Unbound. And, um, the program is a group co- group coaching program. Um, it starts out, actually, we'll, you'll have a one-on-one session with me, just so we can talk about what is affecting you individually and what you need. And this way, it'll help sort of tailor the program a little bit more to what your needs are. And then as we go through each part of the program, each week, there will be a coaching session with me, and I'll go over... An individual lesson, um, or method, or something, and we can sort of talk through um, what is going on and what you need help with. And so, one of the really beautiful parts about that is is having that community of individuals who are in a similar situation right so knowing that you're not alone in this and that you're not abnormal that really helps a lot to have a community of people to lean on and so um, that is going to be launching um, this month i'm opening it up to five women this time just to have um, an intimate group of people um, and i'm really excited about it
0: uh, that sounds like a really incredible opportunity. I especially love what you're saying about having a community of people who are going through the same thing because, oh my goodness, how alone do you feel when you decide to leave your job or you're thinking about rethinking your position within the company you work at? Like, Anytime there's job stress, like I feel like it's so isolating because- the, you can't talk to your boss about it because, you know, you could lose your job and you might, if you have a partner, you could talk to them about it, but your partner in most cases doesn't work where you work. So they're not going to totally get it. Like it can just be super isolating. So I love, love, love that you involve like the community.
1: Absolutely. And you know, you're exactly right. And I think about in my own position, like I always wanted to talk to my mom and dad about it, but I was afraid of what they were gonna say, like their judgment, you know, cause for me, I was an attorney for so long. And so it was like, well, why would you, why would you leave this career? You know, you've got, um, I don't know, all of the things that come with it that you can depend on to jump into something and you don't know what it is. Well, you know, nobody else necessarily knows Exactly what you're going through or what you need, but to have other people around who are experiencing something similar, you know, it could really be a good thing to have that sounding board and support.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if it's okay with you, I would love to know a little bit more about your own personal shift. Like you said, going from an attorney to going to a coach, like what was that like for you? What did you experience? What were some of the hard parts, some of the great parts? Um, Yeah. Take us through that.
1: Okay. (laughs) So um, go back a little bit in time too. So I decided to become an attorney sort of by default because I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, And part of that was because of what I'm talking about, where, you know, other people's opinions always played a factor in it like this isn't going to be enough money or this isn't going to be respectable or whatever and so um i went to law school sort of by default because that's what my dad was he was an attorney so i went to work with him and i i did that um, for a number of years but it was never really satisfying that line of work just never really made me feel like i was doing what I was supposed to do. Um, and so I started looking around to see what else was out there. Um, and I found this, I found the coaching world through yoga, which sounds kind of funny. It's like a roundabout (laughs) way, but I, I started doing yoga and it was, not about the physical part to me, but about like the mental work that was involved with it. And I just really fell in love with that world and like personal development and everything that went along with it. And I just felt so passionate about it that I wanted to go into that myself and help other women um, just live their best lives. And so that, was really the start of my transition. And um, over the years, you know, I've tried a lot of different things and courses and read books, and I just sort of found a method that worked for me. And when I started looking at it, you know, I realized I had a framework that I could give other people and help them do what I did. And it has there have been a lot of ups and downs. <laughs> you know, it's, it's sort of a roller coaster when you're starting a new business, for sure. Um, you know, I definitely don't want to sugarcoat, you know, and say that it was an easy transition because it, it's not always easy, but it's so worth it. I mean, I find myself I'm working on this business at night and like after the kids have gone to bed and stuff like that because I want to not because I have to. And I I think that is what makes it worth it for me is that I it's something that I want to do not that I have to.
0: Yeah, I think that's the shift we're all looking for, right? That's that's the dream is to have a job <laughs> where it doesn't feel like have to, it feels like get to. And yeah, I think so many people are looking for that right now and always really. Um, So (laughs) with your transition and everything, what do you think was the hardest part? I I just want to validate the people out there listening who are like, I want to leave my job, but I'm so freaking scared. Like what has been the hardest
1: part for you? Doing it. I mean, honestly, the hardest part is, I think it's making that decision to do it, you know, because you can kind of think about it for years and say, I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I want to do something else, but there's always that fear, you know, what's going to happen if I do, is there going to be enough money? What if I fail? And, you know, just having the courage to do it, that was the most difficult part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The doing it part that totally makes sense. That, that would be the hardest for sure. What has been the most rewarding part? I don't want to just focus on the doom and gloom. Like what has been like, hallelujah. Thank goodness.
1: I did this. Look at all of these rewards I'm reaping. Yeah. I think that, um, like I said, having something that I want to do that I get to do instead of something that I have to do has been really rewarding. And, you know, working with clients this sounds really cheesy but truly working with clients and you know getting to see a transition and the thing the 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 benefits that they get is just amazing knowing that i was able to do that for people
0: yeah yeah that sounds really incredible and really rewarding yeah so for neurodivergent people who might be listening to the podcast who are unhappy in their job, and they're not sure if they just need to tweak how they do their job, or if they just need to leave and do something different. Um, How do you help people sort of differentiate between that?
1: Well, a number of tools in the program that that have worked for me, and one of my go-to tools is journaling, and that cannot be overstated. I mean, The benefit of journaling has, I don't know, there's so much research behind it, how good it is, and just getting things out on the paper, you know, so if you have um, different things going through your head that you may be like ruminating or focusing on over and over, it kind of helps get to the root of it. And so I have different journaling prompts that I um, provide to people. And then the other thing is um, the guided meditations. Um, and honestly, I put journaling first, but maybe the meditations are my favorite. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, that's sort of my, my thing that I love and just fell in love with. Um, and, you know, it kind of helps you, um, whoever the person is, to get into what's going on in your mind um, when you have that time that you're just sitting with yourself. You can really start to listen to what's going on and what you really, what you need to focus on.
0: Right. And for anybody listening, who's thinking, okay, guided meditations, journaling that involves way too much sitting still for me. Um, (laughs) There are absolutely ways to make this work for the neurodivergent brain. There's walking meditation, which is something I have fallen in love with. Um, where you walk and you listen to the guided meditation that way you're moving your body it sort of quiets the mind a little bit Um, so you're able to really focus on the meditation so that's possible and we are actually having a journaling expert on the podcast in a couple of weeks here so uh, she will be talking about how to make journaling more accessible for neurodivergent folks so we will we will cover all of that because karen is so right like journaling and guided meditations like I know I don't know about you but I know people who think they sound sort of cheesy like they can't make that big of a difference but I mean just look
1: at you like you are an example right it makes a huge difference it does and another thing that I would say too is when it comes to those things you don't have to take a lot of time you know a lot of people have this image of meditation as this like woo-woo sitting for you know 20 minutes with like incense and I don't know um and it doesn't have to be that way I mean it really isn't that way for me um personally you know I I have two boys (laughs) who are 11 and 8 and um a husband you know I don't have a lot of quiet in my house I don't have a lot of time and so to me if I can get like five minutes at a time or one minute at a time like That is huge. And it helps so much. Just that one minute at a time. Absolutely. I totally agree.
0: I totally agree. It's sort of like power naps, you know? (laughs) Yes, for sure. Take it where you can get it for sure. And I have found a lot of uh, comfort weirdly from swearing meditations. I don't know if you've heard of those, but They make me feel so powerful and it's easier to focus because every now and again, like as soon as you start to think the swearing's over, they like throw in one little swear word. So you're like, oh yeah.
1: Okay. It just makes you feel like a badass. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. I love that. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, Okay. So let me ask you one more question. What do you think is the number one piece of advice you would give somebody who is just now realizing that they're unfulfilled at work and they're starting to panic?
1: I would say that you are not alone. It's really important to know that there are a lot, a lot of other people who are in the same position and feel the way that you do. And that we've all been there. We've all felt scared and that's okay. Um, it's okay to want something better for yourself and to go for it. It's so comforting. That's so
0: comforting, Karen. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome. I think you're so right. And I think that's exactly what these people need to hear. So if you're listening, if you're out there, Karen is available for you to work with. She has even more gems to deliver to you. I promise she's full of them and she can really, really guide you to where you need to be. So one more time, tell people where best to find you.
1: Uh, the best place to find me, I am always on Instagram. I'm at the Karen McClure. You can send me a DM and um, feel free to check out my bio. I have links. um to different resources and to information on Unbound that I talked about earlier.
0: That's awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show. I am, I'm just so excited to have you here. And I was, this was such a wonderful conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Bye everybody. See
0: you next week. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you give us a follow over on Spotify, leave a review over on Apple Podcasts, and tune in next Saturday for another amazing episode.